It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed hanging with you on this Monday afternoon. Pleased to have joining us on the line Congressman Dan Newhouse representing the 4th District. Good afternoon, Congressman. Thank you for your time. Hello, Ed. Hello, Rob. How's everybody doing today? Boy, it's been a busy day, sir. Don't know if you've heard, but they've actually filed a recall petition in this state against Bob Ferguson. I did not know that. It was approved. Really? Approved wow. today by the Secretary of State's office. So, yeah, it's it's been, been a busy day. Wow. Well, that'll keep you busy for a while talking about that. I'm sure. Not only that, but uh, there's a few things you're involved with keeping us busy as well, sir. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your visit in Yakima. Well, this was a big day in Yakima as well. I had uh, a meeting with the Assistant Secretary of the Interior, uh, a lady by the name of Tara Sweeney, and she's here on behalf of my my invitation. Uh, I've got together representatives from eight different uh, tribal nations in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, to talk about the, uh, the, the, the important issue of the missing and murdered indigenous women. And so I was very happy to have her here. We talked a lot about the crisis situation facing the tribal um, uh, communities and uh, talked about some of the things that the administration is doing, which is a great thing. Uh, President Trump signed an executive order just recently to uh, try to address uh, some of these issues. And we've got some pieces of legislation that are pending in Congress as well. So uh, very happy to have the assistant secretary here to put some shed some light on this very critical issue. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, the mainstream media hasn't picked up on that executive order too much, Congressman. That's something to celebrate uh, for sure. But, you know, there's that whole other muck going on that we're not going to get into today. Um, okay. But okay. you're thank, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, congratulations uh, on on it looks like a vote for USMCA is going to be coming before the end of the year. Cross our fingers. Yeah, I think that's scheduled for either Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, the, uh, it'll be good to leave on a high note for the Christmas holiday. But that truly is a, a, a reason to celebrate, you know, to have a, this treaty in place with two of our most important trading partners. It's going to mean an increase of about 150,000 jobs nationwide and billions of dollars of increased uh, uh, economic activity. So it, it really is a good thing for our country, but for central Washington, too. Uh, we send a lot of our products to both those countries. So it's a good a good thing to be that we're being able to do. We're talking with U.S. Congressman Dan Newhouse, representing the 4th District here on the bottom line. And you're on your way now, sir, to the Tri-Cities for a town hall that will begin right around 530 at the Federal Building Auditorium in Richland regarding the negotiations on the Columbia River Treaty. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that town hall tonight and what those in attendance could expect. Well, um, the chief negotiator from the Secretary of State's office, Jill Schmale, will be uh, uh, at this meeting. It's actually her meeting. Uh, she's coming at my uh, encouragement and invitation. Uh, I wanted uh, 
people of Central Washington to have an opportunity to hear from her, hear on the progress that, that she's been able to make with the negotiations between the United States and Canada. You know, this is truly a, a, an important thing that we, we are working on that's being decided that will really impact our, the future economy of, of uh, all of the Pacific Northwest. It's how we manage the river between our Canadian partner and the United States. It will impact our irrigation, our flood control, uh, navigation, uh, some of the, the power generated and the payments that we make to Canada, which are number in the millions and millions of dollars a year. So this will in, impact people's uh, the, the utility rates that they pay and, and, and all of the other things that I just mentioned. So it really is an important treaty that we need to get updated. And I'm glad she's coming to Richmond to be able to talk to the people of the Tri-Cities in central Washington. And correct me if I'm wrong, Congressman, but this is the first time in 50 years that this treaty has been revisited. No, you're absolutely right. It was uh, it was signed in 1964, and it comes up uh, uh, in 2024. And so this is the time when we need to bring it up to date, renegotiate so that it's it reflects a more equitable equitable position for both countries. We're talking with U.S. Congressman Dan Newhouse here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Now, Congressman, we know that certainly you've been uh, very active in the fight to protect and preserve the Snake River dams, but yeah. we've also heard some rumblings that there are members of the Yakima Nation that would like to see the same fate befall the Columbia River dams. How much more of a difficult process would it be for someone to try and take down dams in an international waterway? Um, well, you know, that's a great question. Uh, there are certain re- reasons that Canada would have an interest in uh, dams along the Columbia River. Certainly, as I mentioned, we we not only send power to Canada, but we pay them for some of the things, the activities that they um, take, that they do are a part of as, as it relates to managing the river. So I think that yeah, our Canadian neighbors might have a say uh, or an interest in breaching uh, Columbia River dams as well. But isn't that just an amazing thing that we're even talking about that? These, these very important pieces of our infrastructure here in the Northwest are, are truly something that give us a an economic advantage, provide us with carbon-free, renewable electricity um, on a very consistent basis. Uh, I just think that uh, everybody needs to make sure that they stay up on this issue, stay away, aware of the pressures that we're facing from, from people around the country and, unfortunately, on the other side of the mountain. Well, it relates to these dams. And I think for those that may not be aware of the impact, particularly of the Columbia River dams, how much even more far-reaching the benefits and the negative impact. Uh, you know, we talk about the Snake River and the impact that that has, but the Columbia River, yeah. you know, you alluded to the impact on Canada, but but the we're, we're talking three to four states minimum that would have that would be impacted significantly if one of those Columbia River dams went. Oh, absolutely! I I can't even imagine life with without uh, 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 any of those dams. We've become so reliant and dependent on the electricity, the the navigation, the irrigation. Uh, uh, that we get, we derive from those, and 
you know, I've said before, none of us really are old enough to remember the catastrophic floods that would occur on a regular basis in the Columbia River. And the dams provide us the ability to control those floodwaters. So um, that's just something that we have to continually educate and remind people of their their importance. Now, this is a purely speculative question, Congressman, but with USMCA coming up for a vote, would the passage of that be beneficial to the negotiations for the Columbia River Treaty, or does one not necessarily have any kind of an impact on the other? Hmm. Well, I'd be kind of speculating really on that, Robert. The, uh, you know, the Secretary of State's office versus our, our trade representative, it's, it's kind of two different things. But I, uh, but I guess you could make the argument that if we are able to successfully complete and sign a treaty on, on one hand with, uh, to improve our trading environment, that that would uh, probably lend itself to good relationships and, and confidence and in, in both partners having each other to be able to sign a, a treaty as it relates to power generation and, and flood control and those kinds of things. So you know, although completely different, um, certainly a relationship between the two countries, if they're in a good place, I would think one would help the other. Congressman Dan Newhouse representing the 4th Legislative District. We appreciate your time this afternoon, sir. Safe travels. And if we don't get to talk to you before then, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, thank you. And thank you for bringing up the Columbia River Treaty in this meeting tonight. I hope as many of your listeners uh, that can can be there. I think it's going to be well worth their time. Absolutely, Congressman. Again, safe travels. We appreciate your time. That meeting, again, is tonight, 5.30 to 7 o'clock in the U.S. Federal Building Auditorium uh, on Jadwin in Richland, uh, where you will hear the latest regarding the negotiations or renegotiations, I guess, for the Columbia River Treaty. Of course, it expires in 2024. Now they're talking about extending that relationship and the agreement that exists uh, that's been going on between us and Canada since 1964. Quick timeout. Back with more of the bottom line after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, Monday afternoon. You know. If you don't like your insurance, I've got one word for you. Actually, two words. Jason Hogue. American Family Insurance. One name, two words. Contact Jason. His office is on Road 68 in Pasco. Also, you can hit his website, jasonhogue.com. Whether it's car insurance, homeowners, business, life, farm. If you don't like your coverage or you think you're paying too much and not getting enough or you want to see what's out there because, look, every once in a while, eh, you know, it pays to window shop. Visit Jason's website. Find out what American Family Insurance can do for you. If you like safe driver programs, if you're looking for them, find out what they offer when it comes to adult and teen safe driver programs. And if you're a small business owner, you want to get all the information about the small business owner toolbox that American Family Insurance provides. Contact Jason Hogue, the only American Star certified agent in the Tri-Cities with American Family Insurance, Road 68 in Pasco. Visit his website, jasonhogue.com. You know, I did something I don't, normally do while I was spending some downtime last week. Shower? Well, there's that. <laughs> I uh, 
I paid. Welcome back, by the thanks. way. Thanks. <laughs> I was uh, I was paying a little bit of time to social media. Oh, and I, I realized something. I realized something, and and it and it disappointed me to realize it. Social media has become the best ally for the deep state or those in political power that want you to not pay attention to what they're doing and instead shift your focus to nonsense. Let let me explain. Social media, along with, you know, other avenues, have gotten us now to a point that we're not gauging things on the merits of the things. We've been kind of now conditioned to where we feel that we have to defend politicians or defend what we think they're against. I don't think, and I'd never ask the, the I'd never ask our representative this. I'd never ask Dan Newhouse if there's a day that he feels that he needs to be defended by anybody that voted for him. I would think that he would say, look at my record. Look at what I've done. When you start defending individual, it's almost like you're making it personal. And it's not supposed to be that way. You may like policies. You may like uh, where people stand on an issue. But we've gotten to such a point where we defend people like they're a relative or they're a friend or it's you know, somebody set, put something on social media that's negative about Nancy Pelosi, and all of a sudden you just see all these people that are streaming to defend Nancy Pelosi when they've never even been within 100 miles of Nancy Pelosi. And it's the same thing with Donald Trump, and it's the same thing with Mitch McConnell, and it's the same thing with Chuck Schumer. We have gotten to a point that we're defending these people on a personal level because whether we're looking at it and taking it personally and we think we're being attacked or our platforms or our principles are being attacked it's not the case well i i i think i might disagree with you on this because uh, not that people should be acting that way but think about it all the names that people have been called simply because of whom they supported politically. And I'm talking about R's and D's here. Oh, I understand you know, that. If you, you know, if you are, you know, a, a supporter of, well, you brought up Nancy Pelosi. I'll just throw her name out there. If you're, if you're a supporter of Nancy Pelosi or the, or the Dems, uh, you know, then there's, then there's names attached to that. I'm not going to repeat any of them. And if you supported Donald Trump, you were called everything in the book, including racist. So, yeah, I think politics has become personal because of the way people have attacked each other 
for having a different ideological view. So, yeah, I think it does stand to reason that you will defend the person that you support politically because you are, in a way, defending yourself. But maybe I'm different. Oh, you're different, all right. Uh, well, in many ways, but but maybe I'm different in this aspect. Um, you call me whatever you want. <laughs> um, I don't care. You, you can you can call me whatever you want to call me under the sun, because I can tell you right now, none of it's accurate. Because you want to paint everybody in a certain way with a certain paintbrush. You know, it, it's funny. One of the reasons why they say the the old trope is. You don't talk about religion and politics at the dinner table. Right. Well, it's because they're the same thing. If you really <laughs> think about it, they're the same thing. In many ways, yeah. They, they both have certain elements that in order to be considered a part of, you have to agree to a particular system of belief, be it politics or religion. Okay. There is dogma attached Absolutely. to any religion or party affiliation in politics. You're right. So if you've got a particular set of beliefs and, okay, you're this religion. Oh, well, wait, but I don't believe in this, but this one believes in what I'm... Okay, well, you're, then you're this religion. Well, then you cross over here and you look at politics. If you're this, 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 and this, you're a Republican. If you're this, 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 you're a Democrat. If you're most of it, well, I guess I am this. If you're half of it, well, yeah, I'm probably this. It's it's all of these things are put together and put under one name to get people to identify and give them a sense that they belong to something, even if they don't 100 percent buy into the whole thing. It's much easier to associate yourself with an already designated term than it is to turn around and say, I like a little bit of this, I like a little bit of this, I don't buy into this, don't really care for that. That I might be open to a conversation about, which you know what that means? That makes me a free-thinking individual. Ah, but the powers that be don't like free-thinking individuals. Think about it. You are absolutely correct. For how long have we, the public, been told just what you just what you said, that you either belong to this side or to that side? And once those lines are drawn and the teams are chosen, then it's about defeating the other side. And anybody think about the, the negative connotations that moderates and people that are in the middle you know, independence, right? Usually that'd be a good thing, you know, that to, to, that you're an independent thinker, independent voter. No, you're ridiculed because you're not a part of a team and it's because you're a free thinker and, and the powers that be don't want any free thinkers. But if you, if you like a little bit of both sides, what are you? You're a flip-flopper and they come up with all these different names to call you, to degrade you, so that you do pick a side, then it's easier to wage war against the other side. The only thing that I would change in what you said was not the word team. I'd put the word collective in there because a team is supposed to work together. And more often than not, you find the larger the, quote, team gets, the more dysfunctional and, and scatter there is in the, quote, team. If it's a collective, it's more of a this is it and that's that. And yeah, side I guess. Yeah, I don't you, know. You, 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 but but what it's boiled down to is now 
you're forced to defend people that you don't they don't need you to defend them speak your piece call 509-547-1610 more of the bottom line presented by summit funding in kennewick and prosser on news radio 610 k-o-n-a The bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. 547-1610 is the number. 509-547-1610. You can also email the program as well by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Uh, Robert from Richland uh, wrote earlier uh, about our uh, discussions uh, centered around the Second Amendment and the the move to uh, to recall uh, State Attorney General Bob Ferguson. Robert writes, our Canadian neighbors seem to be going through something similar dealing with guns. Their federal government has proposed spending almost twice as much to initiate a buyback program as they will spend on dealing directly with the problem of illegal handguns. On the uh, on the twelfth, the Toronto Sun uh, newspaper there wrote that the government was trying to appear as, quote, doing something without tackling the hard issue. End of quote. Robert, appreciate the email. Well, doesn't that sum up the Trudeau prime ministership? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much defined his his time as prime minister in in Canada. But, um, you know... It seems that the it seems that our neighbors to the north are a, a little bit I don't know. We talk about the the elite circle in the deep state here in the United States. I think the elitism in Canada is worse. You know, as we saw the video of what looked like Justin Trudeau mocking President Trump at the, oh, uh-huh. at the at the NATO meetings, and then the jobs report comes out, and the United States has two hundred sixty thousand more jobs, and Canada has seventy thousand less. You know yeah. that 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 to me pretty much typified what is happening in the globalist societies. Well, not just in the U.S. Look at the U.K. Boris Johnson, a a very much non deep state kind of politician, you know, kind of taking that Trumpian view of things uh, at the U.K. So, how long, if at all, do we see such things in places like France or Canada, even? Well, and the elections in Britain were staggering. Yeah. Staggering. Because um, it was not close. Defeats that the Labor Party haven't seen since the 1930s. Yeah. I mean, they got it handed to them. It was almost like Margaret Thatcher came back to the grave, came back from the grave and just took a stick and beat the Labor Party over the head. Um, but Boris Johnson is a guy who, ever since Brexit started, has been, I mean, he's a former mayor of London. Yes. And ever since Brexit was was coming together, has been very vocal and in the forefront of it. So you had Theresa May, 
And what surprised me first, if you want to go back to the beginning of this, was that Boris Johnson was passed over for Theresa May as prime minister. True. Because it was believed at that time that she would be able to put together a coalition faster than Boris Johnson. Mm -hmm. What did we see? Nothing. We saw no movement. We saw multiple failed plans and no votes to move forward. And In the meantime, it looked like the Labor Party was beginning to gain steam and gain momentum. Boris Johnson finally gets in as prime minister. And what do we see? Landslides. We see areas that were profoundly, and, in, and the colors are reversed in England. Yeah. It, the, the, the red typifies the left, and the blue typifies the right. What were particularly red areas for a long time went blue. And in Scotland, this is something that wasn't talked about a lot. In Scotland, the leader of the Labour Party in Scotland, or what the equivalent of the Labour Party is in Scotland, lost her seat. Yeah. And there's now discussion of Scotland changing its mind and leaving the EU. So it was felt all across the UK, those elections. And Boris Johnson now has a government that he can put together to move forward with Brexit, and Trump can't wait because he's already got a trade deal ready to roll with Great Britain. Yeah. Already got a trade deal ready to roll. Just needs a signature on it, and will that set the template for the rest of Europe? You know who's you know who's the most afraid of that right now? Well, got to be Merkel or Macron. Oh, no, 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 no. Higher up than that. The queen. The king. The king? Yeah, the guy who's funding Ms. Thurlberg's flights all across Europe oh, and the United States. Oh, that king. That king. King Soros. Yeah. He's not liking this at all because his his dream of a globalist socialist Europe may begin to be coming apart at the seams because if Britain is successful, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's... If you notice and if you pay attention to the dynamics of that, and, and I do, I know not everybody does, the linchpin has always been Germany. Yep. It's always been Angela Merkel. Unified but, Germany. Yes, but, but Angela Merkel, it, Macron's going to do whatever Angela Merkel does. Yes. Okay? But the U.K., holds a lot of power and swag. Especially economically. Yes. But the, this whole European Union thing, most, arguably, most benefits places like Germany and even France to a degree. So watch what she does from this point forward. Watch and see if you ever start hearing rumblings about an uprising in Germany, not not in the truest sense, but much like you saw here in the United States in 2016, much like we just got done seeing in the UK, Germany's the key. I mean, there could be, I don't know if there'll be a full-on power shift in Canada, but, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to take a hit, I think. The globalists will take a hit. I don't know if it'll be a hit all the way off the map, but they'll take a hit in Canada. Watch Germany, though. That's the linchpin. There are five other countries in Europe 
that have been discussing breaking away from the European Union, and they're basing it on what happens with they're basing it on what happens with Britain. Mm-hmm. Italy is not happy. No, they've been wanting to 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 break for some time. They have a populist president, prime minister, right yes. now. Finland has been discussing breaking from the EU because, you see, it was those countries that were convinced that the European Union was going to be a huge benefit for them, yeah. that it was going to take care of their, their economies, that it was going well, sure. to help with their lagging. And what have we seen? We have not seen those countries get stronger. We have seen those countries become assimilated. There have been riots in Finland over immigration over refugee resettlements. There have been all kinds of issues and problems in the smaller countries in the European Union because it is controlled and has been controlled really by three countries, Germany, France, and and Britain. They've controlled the the direction of, and you could say the UK if you want to a larger extent, but Ireland and Scotland basically fall in Right. Where England does. Britain, sure, I get it. But it's been controlled by three countries. Mm -hmm. And because Spain has fallen off. Italy has fallen off. Italy now is starting to regain itself. They want out. Yeah. They don't want to be a part of this anymore. That's right. But but you're you're absolutely right. This is. And it killed Greece. The European Union destroyed Greece. Well, again, like you said, it was presented. (laughs) I go back to my argument about how, how some people out there cling to ideas and not so much being able to pull them off. You know, it's a pie-in-the-sky idea. The European Union may have been a good idea. It was certainly sold to the other countries as a good idea, but let's look at what it really was. It was European socialism. It was countries, you know, paying in and being, you know, being told that they were going to be equal partners in in this group, and like you said, Greece was the, the first domino to fall. Their economy tanked. And there are others that have fallen you know, by the wayside. Now you have Britain standing up and saying, no, we're done. And yes, there's other, I don't want to call them lesser countries, but not as powerful countries in the union who have been talking about this. And probably at least one or two of them are going to follow suit now that you know what's transpired in britain those are the bill of goods countries that's right it's all the bill of goods but it's but it's really whether or not this completely collapses or not is going to be up to germany angela merkel again she is the she is the most influential leader in europe I mean, Macron gets out there and he talks a big game, but he's got short man syndrome. Macron's Macron's a he's a lackey. Macron is, he is. He, well, he, well, he is Merkel's <clears throat> lackey. Well, and remember, his, his last election was a lot close. It was a little too close for comfort. It, it was it was there was some contesting there. He he wasn't completely sail free. So, um, you know, if if France elects a different president and elect someone who is a little more along the lines of Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. You could see Angela Merkel on an island. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm just going to leave it at that.
1610. More of the bottom line after this. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610K. When a Monday afternoon, 547-1610. And you know, we haven't forgotten it. Forgotten what? We haven't forgotten that... that We've got some tickets to give away, which we will. Yes, we will give those away, you know, so that means you've got about, you know, five or six minutes to wait, but we are going to give away more Star Wars tickets. Not now, not now, not like now, now, but we'll give them away shortly. Yeah. More Star Wars tickets. Mere minutes. More Star Wars tickets coming up for uh, Friday's premiere, not the sneak preview, the premiere, the fashion premiere, Yes, 8.55 showing. Thanks to our good friends at Saltwater Specialists. They will be uh, hooking us up. We also are going to actually, Ed, yeah. have a couple of ticket stops coming up that people can stop by. Oh, really? And yeah. Uh-huh. On uh, Wednesday from noon to 1, we'll be at Havana Cafe on Lewis Street in Pasco. Okay. From noon to 1, we'll have a box. People can sign up to win Star Wars tickets there. And I would highly suggest buying the Cubano while you're there for lunch. Oh, would They've you? They've got an awesome Cubano there. Oh, great sandwich. Um, and then uh, we'll be at Chills, which is uh, first yogurt. Oh. By the new Southgate 10. Oh, okay. Off 27th there in the shopping center right okay. next to the theater. Got it, yeah. Uh, we'll be there from noon to one on Thursday. Wow. With a chance for people to win tickets up there. So we'll give some away today. Yeah. And you'll have a chance to win some over the next couple of days. Because uh, that's coming up. Absolutely. This Friday. Yeah. This Friday. And this is this is this is it. This is like the last one in the in the series. This is going to be you know the the last movie that uh, all started back in 1979. The Se- last, 76. I'm sorry, 70, 76. 76. That's right. 76. 79 was uh Empire, I think. That's true. You're correct. 79 76. was Empire. 76 was the first one. In fact, yes. uh, I, am, I am proud to say that I am the owner of the last unaltered version of the Star Wars, the original trilogy. Oh, yeah? The last unaltered version. Yeah? How'd you uh, do that? Where you can still see... The strings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> before they before they brushed, you know, before they brushed everything out, you can still see a little, you know, yeah. little string here, there, whatever. Yeah. When the last version that was released, here's here's some here's some complete and total useless information, but okay. will be appreciated by any Star Wars fan. Okay. The last version of the Star Wars trilogy that was released, that was unaltered, was the. VHS set where they upgraded the audio to THX. Mm, okay. That was the last time the films were not altered. I see. After that. They were all enhanced. They were all enhanced. So it's the last time the films were unaltered completely and totally. And then when Disney got a hold of it, they made a few more modifications. Yeah, they did. Put in some additional footage. Deleted some footage, made Han Solo look more like a good guy. That was the cool. That was what everybody liked about Han Solo, though, was that he was a 
he was a middle of the road character. He'd do the bad deed if it needed to be done. He wasn't squeaky clean. And then when they put it out on Blu-ray, they squeaky cleaned him. And it's like, no, no, he's not squeaky clean. Yeah. He's a mercenary. Yeah. He's not squeaky clean. He's a renegade, right? He, he eventually gets convinced to join the rebellion, but he was all out for himself for the first two movies. That's right. Well, except, you know, he, he liked Leia but, a little bit. But did, but did he fire first? That's the question. Yes. Okay. He did. I he did fired first. Yeah. He fired first. Both guns were drawn, but he was but he fired first. Okay. No question about that. But uh, the rise of Skywalker will be Friday night. Um, and as we mentioned on Wednesday, you'll have a chance to win tickets from noon to one at Havana Cafe on Lewis Street in Pasco, and then on noon to one on Thursday at Chills Frozen Yogurt uh, off of Twenty Seventh in Kennewick behind the new Southgate Ten, where we uh, will have that one hundred and seventy. Have you have you been to that theater yeah. yet? Have not been there yet. I I uh, we took the fa- we took the kids. The uh-huh. family went to see Frozen Two at that place, and. Uh, it's it's awesome. The reclining seats. Oh yeah. The uh, you know you got the little tray with the cup holder. You got you plenty can, of space. Oh man. Oh yeah. There's, uh, trust me, the, the Queensgate Theater. I mean, yeah. It's it's yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Good yeah stuff. I had that experience going to the Queensgate Theater where it's just like I don't dare do this because I want to actually stay awake through the movie. Yeah right. That's <laughs> right. You're almost too comfortable. I don't don't need someone to stop me from snoring and and, and, and wake me up when it's <laughs> over. No. But it should be fantastic, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just out of curiosity, they, they, it wasn't wall-to-wall Let It Go, was it? No, they introduced no. a brand-new song to get stuck in everybody's head. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's, that's you know, it's yeah. Disney. I mean, that's what they... So, by the way, what, what other... Uh, Into the Unknown is the name of the story or song. What other intimate character did they try to ruin small children's lives by killing off? Uh, I don't... I don't recall did, them did killing they break, any... Did they break the mold? Yeah, I, I don't... Wow. Rec- I, you know, I, I'd have to go back and think, and... Yeah, I, nothing nothing jumps out at me about any character okay. dying. I, I just... It's kind of like no. the thing, the first... first... I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, no, no, it's like the first, it... first five minutes, you know, Bambi's mom gets shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the hallmark of a Disney movie, but... Um, yeah. Well, I mean, in in the I think I can say this in the first Frozen, you're not really connected with these characters, but uh, the two gals' parents die. Right. Yeah. But I I don't I I don't think there was any. Come to think of it, I was so distracted by the song. Well, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if there's one thing Disney is <laughs> Disney has taught us is how to overcome life's hardest adverser, ed, uh, adversities through song. I. You know what, Rob? You could you could learn a lot by doing that. We're almost out of time. What are we going to do with this? <laughs> we can give away Star Wars tickets. Yeah. Since, should, we, should we open it up now? Since yeah, let's open it up. Right. Since, since it is episode nine. Oh, yes. We'll take the ninth caller. Ooh, that's good. Ninth caller. Ninth caller wins. A pair of Star Wars tickets for Friday night. For Friday night. 855. It's going to be a big party. It is. Ninth caller right now. You get a pair of tickets. 547-1610-509-547-1610. Good luck to everybody. That's all for the bottom line. All your news, weather, and traffic on the Afternoon Report is next.